0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Brian from Summit Health and Fitness out of Flagstaff, Arizona. Welcome to the show. How are you today?
2: Oh, I'm doing great, Brooke. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thanks for taking some time out of your day to be here to give back to our fitness industry a little bit. I really appreciate it. Um, Before we dive into Summit Health and Fitness, what you guys have to offer, all of the fun stuff. Give us a little bit of background here, Brian. How did you get involved? How did you become an owner over at this facility?
2: Yeah, so uh, I studied exercise science, have a minor in nutrition sciences from Northern Arizona University, took my CSCS, uh, took my USA weightlifting club coach certification, loved the Olympic lifts, got into that when I was in college, um, kind of parlayed that into a career in physical therapy. So with my exercise science degree, I didn't really have an idea of what was next. Uh, Went into physical therapy school and Carl DeRosa was my advisor there, Um, Carl is Italian. He's the godfather of our health club, and he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Uh, he said, if you come back, work for us in the PT clinic, we'd like you to, to have an ownership stake in this health club. Uh, they had bought the facility in June of 2006. I became a partner in February of 2009, and it was like the dream come true for a young kid that just graduated PT school. I had this PT job um, and uh, I was making money and I owned a piece of the health club and it, it was just a fun time and, and really exciting until we started having to pay bills and, uh, you know, cash calls at 2009 were more than my uh, one bedroom apartment rent and uh, so I kind of look back on those days with fond memories and and think about how I thought I was so big and everything was going to come easy and then get into into the health and fitness industry and find that not everything comes easy and it's a little bit of a struggle and spent a lot of nights cleaning carpets and scrubbing toilets and doing things to make ends meet and really happy to say we've now been in business for over 16 years and really successful and kind of moving the health club forward.
1: Absolutely. And so kind of cool that you basically just got presented this opportunity. Um, Who would have thought that you would be running a health club and doing your PT stuff. Uh, But cool combination to say the least. Give us an elevator pitch of Summit Health and Fitness. You know who you guys are, what services you provide, kind of paint that picture for our listeners so that as we talk about the business, the model part makes sense.
2: Summit Health and Fitness is Northern Arizona's premier health and fitness facility. We're over 24,000 square feet. Uh, your one-stop shop for everything you could think of in a, in a health club experience. We offer group fitness classes. We offer Olympic weightlifting. We offer everything you could think of in terms of cardio equipment: uh, treadmills, rowergometers, step stepmills, ellipticals, AMTs, new steps, recumbent bikes, upright bikes. Sometimes I feel like Bubba Gump talking about shrimp when I talk about everything that we have to offer. Um, but really and truly, we're we're your one-stop shop for everything you need. We might not do spin classes at the level of uh, some of the the niche practices here in town, uh, but we have something for everybody, and uh, we think we do it at a really, really high level. So I
1: love it. And you yeah. mentioned there, you know that. You have the group fitness element, and that's cool because Mm -hmm. there are some people who walk into a big club like this and have no idea where to go, what to do, um, who thrive in that group environment a little bit more than they would in a, you know, open model. Um, That brought me to my next question. Do you guys have um, personal training at all? Is that something that you offer?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Personal training, uh, our independent contractors here in our club, we take a percentage of what they get from their clients, but they kind of function independently within the club here. So um, we do have that available to people. We do have, uh, you know, trainers that have been here for several years and have regular clients and, and they do that all out of the old PT clinic upstairs. Um, About four years ago, we moved the PT clinic downstairs to a separate suite. It's about 2,400 square feet. So there is kind of an office, a private treatment room for us assessments and things like that so we have about 1200 square feet upstairs that the personal trainers utilize
1: that's nice it's good that you have the personal training just like group you know there is for different people different things that works best for them with personal training, we can give our clients a more specific approach to help them reach their goals. Um, and so I love personal training and in this model, it's good for business because we're typically bringing in a little bit more in terms of revenue than we would a monthly membership. Um, so what percentage of your revenue would you say is coming from those independent contractors, um, personal training each month?
2: Yeah, you know, we're primarily our primary source of revenue is is membership dues, we're at about 85% there, we're getting about 7% a month from least income like our trainers and things of that nature. And then an even smaller percentage of of ancillary revenues retail product down at the front t shirts, uh, supplements, things of that nature. Um, But yeah, but primarily a, a membership based business.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's okay. Um, you know, in this model, typically that's kind of how things work. Mm-hmm. Everything else, um, supplements, what we do with our memberships, yeah. um, is the personal training side of things, something that you guys see growing at all over time in the club.
2: Yeah, I think there's tremendous opportunity for growth there. It's one of the areas I've identified as, as maybe something that we could really do better. Um, we've got a gentleman right now. Um, one of the things we're really proud of is you know, there's a lot of different personal training certifications out there. Um, I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist. Uh, our head personal trainer is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. So we feel like we we really prioritize giving good information, giving good education and having highly qualified individuals. Um, that being said, it, it's a tough business for personal trainers. And if you don't have a following, if you haven't had the continuity to be in the club and to have a face with the name and things of that nature, then, then it can be a little bit difficult to start. So um, our, our personal trainer, that's our lead has, Uh, Kind of taking that over. He's now got a couple of people underneath him that he's growing. And so we really expect that to take over over the next year or two. So, yeah,
1: I mean, like you said, there is tremendous opportunity for growth in the personal training space. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of how do we get the word out? How do we tell people that this is something that we're offering? How do we show the value? Because for Mm -hmm. most people, they price shop. So they'll see, Hey, personal training is this price, but a membership is this price. I'm just going to do the membership and do it on my own because people don't understand the value that you get, you know, by training with a personal trainer. Um, And and
2: as a, yeah, yeah. and as a business owner, just finding that person that can champion that—that's going to take ownership. You know, we've been so lucky to have great people here at Summit. Um, we've got our group fitness director Jan that's kind of championed that, and she's taken that on. Mo's now taking on personal training, and so finding the right people to kind of grow with, and then helping to incentivize them to to move it forward has has been kind of the biggest challenge, uh, especially with everything that's happened over the past couple of years with COVID and you mm-hmm. know gym closures and things of that nature. It's just been hard to find someone that that can stick that out, take ownership of it and move the needle forward.
1: Definitely. Um, So more so on the membership side of things, Mm -hmm. how many members do you guys have right now?
2: Uh, Just over 1,400.
1: Okay. And what's the square footage of this space?
2: 24,000 square feet.
1: Okay. Is that, I always like to ask this because I think it serves as a pretty good talking point for the podcast is, you know, 1,400 members a place where you guys are looking to kind of step on the brakes a little bit, or are you looking to hit the gas and see some new faces in the facility?
2: Yeah, so we're obviously still focused on growth. Coming out of COVID, we were probably down 35% in terms of membership numbers. We were right around the 1,100 mark, um, and that was a challenge. You know, we, we had a ton of room for growth coming out of that. Um, we're back to kind of where we were 2019 numbers at this point in time. Um, we've been so focused on growth over the past two years and getting membership numbers back up. We've done things like discount our professional services fee, which is like our initiation fee. Um, we've been doing everything we can to get people in the door. We have a grant with the City of Flagstaff Police Department. So uh, we were able to get every sworn and non-sworn FPD member uh, gym membership here. So we're very thankful for that opportunity. But as we start to reach those numbers and start to plateau in terms of member experience, um, definitely we'll start to increase our professional services fees again. We'll stop doing things that that are bringing members in at at lower revenue models and and see what we can do to maximize revenue per member. So
1: Okay. Okay. Got it. So, I mean, you've tried a number of things to kind of get faces in the front door. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you feel has been the most effective?
2: Yeah, I, I hate to make it sound so simple, but you know we have target goals every month for membership sales, um, and, and I always kind of have this feeling that if we want 60 gym memberships this month, then we got to go out and get at least 240 touches. We got to get people coming in the door. We do that through social media. We do that through our website. We do that through Google reviews from our customers that are satisfied. Um, we run regular ads in the Daily Sun, um, which is the local newspaper here, um, and I think that just having a name and a presence and trying to participate in as many community events and and have the name out there as much as possible has been the most important thing. Um, You know, and, and if I can be honest, all of that, probably pales in comparison to just word of mouth you know people who tell their friends hey i love summit health and fitness i love what they're doing over there it's the cleanest gym in town it's the most well-maintained facility in town Uh, anytime you have a question or you need something go directly to brian he's going to take care of you And, and that word of mouth has just been huge for us
1: yeah. I mean, anytime that we have a business, word of mouth is always going to be our favorite method of growth because it's free. Mm-hmm. And it means a lot when our clients can go out and they talk about us because that means they trust us enough. And then their clients, their friends come in, they already trust us. They already know that we're you know reputable and they're going to sign up. And it's just, a, it's a trickle, but it is a slow trickle. And it's uncontrollable. So that's good that you're, you know, supplementing it with other methods. You mentioned in there that you guys utilize social media a little bit. And I think it's a good touch point for also to discuss that here on the show, because that's something that not everybody is utilizing. So talk yeah. to us a little bit about your presence on the social media sites. What do you guys do that you feel like drives leads in?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just education. Um, being a physical therapist by trade, we try and put out a ton of education on our social media. Um, we try and get uh, our monthly membership promotion out there every month. Uh, we try and do videos of the club and let people know what they're going to see when they go to a Zumba class or Pilates class, a yoga class. We try and get them to see you know, our supine hip thrust machine that I think is fairly unique, a reverse hyperextension of the fact that we have uh, Olympic weightlifting place in in a big box gym. So we want people to know that there's a little something for everybody out there, that we're not just a powerlifting gym, that we're not just an Olympic weightlifting gym, that we're not just a group fitness studio, um, that we have a little bit of everything under one roof. So um, I think it's just giving people a glimpse into what it's like to be a member and why you would want to be a member there and the resources that we have available to them as members. So we have registered dietitian on staff that we can refer them to. We have physical therapy consultations that we can do we have personal training uh our group fitness instructors are excellent Um, so anything that you're looking for we're going to be able to direct you in the right right position so
1: yeah yeah and i think that it's cool that you that nowadays like we can utilize social media to kind of show that off when anybody's looking into anything, whether it be a restaurant or a gym, it feels, I feel like they Google it. They check Mm -hmm. out the Google reviews, then they go to the Instagram page then they go to the Facebook page and kind of see if it's a place that they can figure, like picture themselves enjoying. So it's good that we are organically showing all of that through our social media page. Now question here for you. Have you guys tried like paid advertising on Facebook or Instagram?
2: We have done paid advertising on Facebook. Um, It's really nice with kind of the the business suite and some of the metrics and the things that you can track. You know, we can even look at where people are looking on our website, how long they're spending on each page, things of that nature. So all the metrics have been really, really valuable. And it's kind of interesting to see what people are most interested in, what gets the most reactions, what gets the most impressions, things of that nature. Because it's not necessarily the things that I as a business owner would have initially expected. It's more of the of the personal side of our business it's uh you know showing a kid's own employee and, and giving them their bio or our front desk members or a group fitness instructor, things like that. So, you know, when you really look at the metrics of what people are paying attention to and what resonates most with them, you're really kind of surprised. And it kind of helps guide you in terms of your social media kind of brand. And maybe that's because Spikes Staff is still a semi-small town. We're still kind of a, a locally, you know, kind of have that community feel um, but people want to get to know not only the the club and the community and the culture within the club, but they want to know who's behind the club. And so I think that's been really beneficial.
1: Yeah. I mean, the more that we can show like those personal pieces, that's what drags people in. Testimonials Mm -hmm. are huge. Like if you have a member who has seen crazy results, like get them to share a testimonial, have them talking for the camera, whatever they're comfortable with, those things can be huge. Um, for the business, but you know the thing is, like since 2020, we're living in an even more digital world than we were before. Mm-hmm. So you just have to have a presence. I mean, that's as simple as it is. Um, yep. People are looking for you in those places. But um, I always like to ask my guests this next question because I think that it's just as important for us to talk about the stuff that we've done that we've crushed it with as it is to talk about the stuff that we're currently struggling with that we find challenging. Um, So what would you consider to be your biggest business-related bottleneck, Brian? And what are you guys actively doing to kind of work on overcoming that?
2: Yeah, you know, we obviously, like any other business, face a ton of challenges. Um, We've seen a pretty significant increase in minimum wage here, and most of our front desk employees are childcare workers, things of that nature are all on the minimum wage front. Um, So, how do we continue to manage costs and, uh, you know, provide excellent customer service, take care of our employees? Because continuity is super important, um, but still, keep things manageable in terms of expenses for our members as well. You know, Um, I think that's been a huge challenge. I think the the next thing too is, you know, now that we're back to where we were 2019 um, and we've kind of stabilized the ship for lack of a better term, how do we grow what is the next move you know no one could have imagined what was going to happen with covid and everybody was forced to kind of pivot on a dime uh, we offered zoom classes um, for our members so they could kind of stay connected to the club through throughout the pandemic um, we've recently gone away with that but what's what's that next step you know what what I, I think the the practice of foresight and trying to predict what's the next thing that we're going to encounter and how do we best equip ourselves to deal with that you know we We've looked at medical fitness facilities and and some things like that to try and protect ourselves should we have another pandemic. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's the the fun part of being an owner is, is you can kind of play with these ideas and you can brainstorm and you can try a few things. And if they stick, that's great. If not, you're back to the drawing board. And so I think the biggest thing for me as a business owner is just trying to predict what's the next thing we're going to encounter. You know, in my short period of time here, we've had a, a huge recession. We've had the COVID pandemic you know we've seen some things that that I don't think a lot of people can say 20 years prior to that so um, with each of those challenges is a great opportunity to learn we've we've learned a lot from it we've seen what's been successful what hasn't been successful um, but it, I think the biggest challenge is predicting what's next and trying to put ourselves in the best possible position to weather that storm
1: yeah of course I mean you know in <laughs> 2019 none of us knew that The pandemic was going to come and for many businesses blow them over completely. You're able to withstand that, but it's just a matter of like, what can we, what more can we add should something else ever happen? And how can we evolve with the ever-changing industry? Um, And of course, that's a challenge that we're all enduring in our own way, depending on what business model that we're running. You know, I have a CrossFit facility. And so what I do at my facility is going to look a little bit different Than what you do at your giant health club. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is just a matter of, you know, trying new things, adding things, taking things away um, as needed. So, um, you know, my next question would be kind of to contrast this question. If I were to hand you a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for Summit Health Clubs had come true. Talk to me about what that picture would look like for you.
2: Uh, Wellness across the lifespan. You know, it's a young professional that that comes into the club and signs up with their wife, and uh, or meets their wife in the club. You know, we want that type of feel. Um, But we we want people to come in. We have a childcare facility. We want people to bring their kids in. We want people to lead healthy, active lifestyles. We want them to be positive role models for their children. Uh, I've got two children myself. They're both quite young right now, but I hope to see them working out in the club in the future, and you know, working on the platforms and and doing all those things. And, you know, I, I just think that's the key to, health and happiness, I think it's the key to financial success, right? The biggest way to, to hurt yourself financially is to have a major healthcare uh, problem in America. And so if we can be proactive, if we can, you know, get people when they're young, keep them from developing, you know, potentially chronic diseases that that are somewhat preventable, you know, um, then, then that's the kind of key. Um, we offer Silver Sneakers, Silver and Fit, Renew Active. So we have a large senior demographic here, but I want someone that's going to come, Come here be a part of our, our community and be a part of our club um, for the next 40 years, you, you know, and, and I think if, if all things work right, Um, that we're building on that we've got all the resources here we we try and build a culture that's welcoming inviting that everybody feels comfortable Um, we try and keep them supported Um, we really do we're not the typical big box where we want you to sign up and never come in we want you to be active we want you to be a part of our community and and we want you to meet your goals because that's going to keep you motivated it's going to keep you healthy and it's going to keep you coming back for more
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So you kind of mentioned wellness across the ages. I think that's how you said mm-hmm. it. I really liked mm-hmm. that um, phrasing there, just continually be able to serve your community, offer more to them. Um, and of course, with the evolving industry, um, mentioned something way earlier on in the podcast, um, we we're talking about growth. You mentioned another goal of yours, um, now that you guys have been able to kind of grow to that 2000, that pre to that 2020 number Mm -hmm. was, um, you know, working on increasing kind of that cost per client. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I think that's a good talking point because I think we're a lot of us are in that place in our business right now where, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we have a good number of heads in the facility, but it's just a matter of how do we increase that, you know, revenue per person. So kind of talk to us, you know, what, what are some of the things you're looking to try to do that?
2: Yeah, ancillary revenue is is always a big thing. Um, you know whether that's retail product, nutritional products, personal training, registered dietitian services, uh, specialized classes, uh, things of that nature. You know, um, we've brought in uh, DEXA body scan, so a mobile uh, DEXA scan. They can come in and do body composition and things of that nature. So anything we can do, we're partnering with uh, Northern Arizona Healthcare's Orthopedic and Spine Institute right now. So we're bringing docs in um and, and kind of partnering with them on you know how can we fast track our members into to healthcare services things like that um but yeah we're, we're open and thinking about anything we're trying all kinds of things and we're just seeing you know where can we be successful what what else can we do to complete that member's fitness experience to give them all the resources and everything they need under one door they shouldn't have to go down the street to buy their supplements they should want to wear a summit health and fitness a shirt out in the community or getting close to sweatshirt weather here. I think it was like 43 degrees when I went out for my run this morning. So, you know, it's it's all about, hey, when the member enters the facility, we want to be their one-stop shop. We want to be able to provide them everything that we possibly can. Um, you know, that, that could even delve into, hey, we're buying wrist straps and we're selling wrist straps. We're selling blender bottles. We're selling all those things. Um, obviously, it's got to have a Summit logo on it and, and people got to wear it out in the community and use it out in the community but that's what we ultimately want to build is just trying to to provide everything under one roof you don't have to look for it Bike staff's a little bit of a small town you know we don't have a dick sporting goods we, we've got a big five and you know so we, we can have an opportunity to do that and, and really give everybody the things they need to be successful
1: for sure um i think the more about it's kind of a full circle thing because the more value we're providing to the clients under one roof, the better results they see, the mm. longer they stay, the more money they bring into the facility. It's, it's like a full circle thing. Okay. And so I love your perspective there that you're really looking at ways to continue to enhance that member experience, continue to bring more to your members because it's going to benefit you not just then in the moment, but for the long-term. Um, so excited to see how that will impact your business over the next you know, foreseeable future. Um, what is the website, the Instagram, the Facebook, somewhere where our listeners can go to follow along if they're interested yeah. in learning more about your facility?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, website is thesummitflagstaff.com um and uh facebook summit health and fitness instagram summit health and fitness um please check us out i'd uh, love to chat with anybody that's interested in kind of making that bridge from clinical care physical therapy um to to health and fitness um i feel like that's such a huge opportunity um you know, it's been something that's been kind of eye-opening for me because I don't think very many of our members truly care about that. Um, but I think at least in the physical therapy world, that's that's the jump everybody's trying to make is get out of clinical care, get into kind of a blended model where they're, they're supporting health and wellness, uh, but still seeing patients and helping them when they need it. Um, but I'd love to chat. I'd love to uh, learn more. And I appreciate you guys reaching out for the opportunity to speak with you today.
1: 100%. I'm excited that we got yeah. to talk with you today. and uh, I like hearing from you where you're coming from the PT side of things and you're running this business. It was a unique kind of conversation um, yeah. and a lot of things that our, our listeners can take away from this. So um, yeah. thanks again, Brian, for being yeah. here. And then um, listeners, we thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, go ahead and hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode.
3: what's going on everyone welcome back to another episode of the gym lords podcast i will be your host today my name is jj hernandez and joining us on the show today is a very special guest it is the one and only maria with girl code fitness out of texas maria what's going on happy thursday how are you feeling today
4: uh thirsty thursday
3: there we go. Uh, there we uh, go. I'm
4: feeling fantabulous. Thank you for asking and thank you for having me. I was listening to a couple of your episodes. Very there interesting.
3: We go. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. And uh, you know, I, I definitely think we're ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Girl Code Fitness. But first, we want to kind of take a step back and give the viewers a little perspective here, Maria, if you can. So in your own words, if you can, can you give us a little A bit of a description, I guess you could say, on how you would describe Girl Code Fitness in your own words and what you guys do.
4: Girl Code Fitness uh, is a brand, uh, Latina-owned brand, and it is for women uh, by somebody that understands. Um, My slogan when I first started, it was transforming one woman at a time. Uh, But little did I know that the women that I was getting hired by were transforming me. I learned camaraderie. I learned sisterhood. I learned empathy. I learned compassion. And most of all, I learned that fitness was more than just like looking good. It started within the mindset. And so I have been able to evolve with the women. um, And it's like when I think about girl code, I want to, you know, how guys have like their guy code. Like they see each other at the gym and they're like, what's up, bro? And they just pump chest plates and shit. Well, I was like, "How come girls don't do that? I mean, it would be so much fun if we could have a girl code. Um, I mean, not bump, bumping chest plates or anything like that, but you know, obviously sharing the secrets of how to balance work, life, kids, marriage, careers, um, all in between. Of you know, just sharing those secrets and how do people do? How do other women do it? Right? Because you see those women that are out there going and getting it, and they balance a the whole business, they balance their kids, they balance their husband." And then they still have time to look good. And so if um, we can all be girl code and share that, then I think that we can transform one woman at a time.
3: Yeah, I, I love that. I want to go ahead and piggyback on that just because I think I think it's huge when you can have or, or be that that emphasis or be that person to be the advocate for those women. Because I think a lot of times they just don't know where to look or where to start, right? And, and a lot of it mm-hmm. is truly intimidating. And I, I can mm-hmm. say that, you know, and whether you're a woman or a man, but I think especially for women in this case, just because a lot of it is more preoccupied, at, especially at, at, you know, unisex gyms and whatnot, where it's all, you know, it's overwhelmed by men there. And mm-hmm. it is a little uncomfortable or very uncomfortable. And obviously I could never relate to something like that, but I understand completely. And I think that's such a big thing. I think that's huge. I think it's great for the woman community. I think it's necessary. I think it's necessary. So I love it. I think you're a great role model for a lot of women's out there. I think it's awesome. And Thank so- you. You know, Maria, let's kind of dive right into it here. Um, you know, how many members are you serving currently? Uh,
4: altogether, I serve online and in person. I, myself, I'm 150 clients uh, and it can fluctuate between like month to month, right? If people, they renovate or not, or they renew or they leave or they go for a vacation, whatever it is, but altogether, um, online and in person, I have a community of 50
3: women. Awesome. Awesome. And so for you, um, Maria, I guess a good question I always like to ask. And again, I, I obviously not understanding of online and in person, I guess. So you can say for either or, but what's been the best method to get new women interested, right? Or, or through your door even?
4: Um you know, I use a lot of tactics and marketing techniques that I'm pretty sure a lot of other coaches have. uh, I heard a lot of um, other episodes that you mentioned in. And the reason why I believe her name was um, Casey, I'm not sure. I don't want to botch her name or, but she mentioned Google, right? And Google has been my best friend uh, for almost two years now. I started like Publishing myself on Google, I had a, a Google my business thing, but I wasn't really messing with it. And so when I hired mentors and coaches to teach me these things, um, I realized that I could potentially like do word of mouth, which is amazing. You know, word of mouth never dies. But I saw that if I wanted to reach a broader audience for the mission of Girl Code, I had to go like on the web. And so it was focusing on investing money on the website, creating leads, creating like a funnel, um, and so I started diving into like funnels and advertising and marketing, uh, and I found out that um, landing pages work really good, um, also website presence, uh, Google My Business is, is amazing, it has, I get leads without even publishing any ads. Um, I did try ads for a few like months, but it was so expensive, especially as somebody that's not a big box gym. It, it was just me and my brand. And so the best way, you know, I don't want to do either a low-bought offer either because you know people pay for what they pay attention. And honestly, if it's cheap and it's good, then it won't be fast. But if it's fast and cheap, then it won't be good. So I was like, I'm going to price myself how I see the value in me, but- I feel like when, um, I started like getting a lot more leads was, uh, by staying accountable with my marketing, my social medias, my websites, my Google, um, and also reading books and implementing techniques that other gym owners have done. Like, uh, Alex Hormozy, you know, his book, gym Launch secrets. I, it's like a Bible to me. I'm like, go through it. And you, you do learn a lot by these people, but you can learn all the things, but if you don't implement them, then. You're going to
3: be there. It doesn't serve you. Yeah, it's so yep. true. It's so true. It's such a great perspective there, Maria. I appreciate you sharing that out with us. And um, I always like to ask this question too, right? Because, you know, I know you said it almost sounds like you're, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're at that 50 mark and you kind of are trying to stay there, if I'm not mistaken, right? So I was going to ask, if you are looking to go higher, how much higher can you go? Or are you staying there?
4: Um, I'm not going to lie. I've, okay, so I started doing the girl club fitness thing, and I love it. Right, I love helping women one on one. But I also realized that I have been, um, I have been able to do more uh, when it comes to online and so I did a lot of public speaking events and I am so passionate about the public speaking now that I think with my clients what I have right now it's where I'm going to cap out it's exactly where I'm going to stay um, and whenever I do get like more leads and stuff I'm more um, I am more aware of who I'm getting hired because not all money is good money right and so I do feel the squeeze at this point, that's why I decided to do group classes and I'm trying to do like online communities because it's, it can get pretty, um, you don't want to turn anyone down, but you also want to make sure that you're working with people of quality that see your service and your value and that they're going to be a good testimony for you in
5: the, in the long run.
3: Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think it, it, it's when you get to a point where you can, you know, your value, you know, your worth, it's kind of like you have that, that little bit of, of, of swag for lack of a better term, right? Cause you can kind of mm-hmm. carry yourself a certain way and. And, and where you get to a point where you, you understand that it doesn't have to just make sense for the client, but also for yeah. you.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, you have more leeway. So that that's great. Congratulations yeah. on getting to that point, Maria. Thank you. And I, I can tell the public speaking, I can see it. I can see it. You're <laughs> good word economy. So um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I want to ask... Um, Another question here, kind of off the topic of, of, of clients, but kind of correlated with with metrics, but not metric specific, but more or less how do you track, right? I think that's super important. I think a lot of fitness professionals lose sight of that. They track their yeah. macros. They track how much weight is on the bar. They track all these things. Sometimes they don't track their metrics. So what do you use to help yourself?
4: Um, what do I use to track my metrics? Um, well... <laughs> I'm not a very tracker person like okay so when I when I first started like the fitness thing I I had $25,000 saved up and prior to being a fitness coach I had a a, I had a I worked at a club right and so I used all that money to learn sales and in sales the sales course was like tracking KPIs tracking this tracking that and I honestly got so frustrated with this because I was like, Oh my God. Like it's a lot of tracking. Like I'm good at fitness. I'm good at training. I'm good at coaching. And so me tracking that, it was just not good. So I had to hire someone for that. I was like, listen, bookkeeper um, and accountant and we're good to go. I don't really track. Um, I just try to obviously when my bookkeeper's like, Hey, you know, your numbers are slacking or whatever it is. We need to make sure that we're doing something to, to accoplar like in, in English, it's like uh to to balance out your sheets. Yeah. Then that's when I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, implement more of what I was doing that was working.
3: Yeah, and again, I, I wanna, I, I appreciate the, the the candidness there because I think, again, there's no wrong answers, and I think a lot of people are gonna try to <laughs> make it sound like, oh yeah, I do this, I do that. It's like it's okay. <laughs> like, there's no wrong answer, you know, and I, I appreciate the honesty there. So I think, and I think a lot of other fitness professionals don't do it either. But if you have an alternative, that's fine. Even if you're using pen and paper, I mean, you're doing something. yeah. (laughs) I
4: mean, when you, when you see people that are not showing up to your class, you know, you reach out to them and you're like, Hey, what's up? Like, are you going to show up or not? Like, and then try to find a better solution for them. Like, Hey, I know I'm not the coach for you. Um, was something that, and getting feedback, I think that has been one of the things that has helped me move past myself and my ego because when you ask for feedback, like, hey, why did you leave my class? Is there something that I could have done better to serve your like, what you were looking for? Is there something that you wish I would have done more? And when you're able to just accept the criticism and not feel like, oh, they just don't like me or take personal. it too personal. Yeah. yeah, it's that's when you're able to grow because you can implement those things. But not only that, you can even upsell them from there because, you know, yeah. you're like, hey, what, what do you wish I would sell more of? And they're like, well, nutrition. It's like, oh, OK, cool.
3: Let's talk. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. I can see the sales experience. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that is awesome. I've got two more questions for you here, Mary. My two favorite questions. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the bigger picture for you? What are you trying to accomplish long term with Girl Code?
4: Everything. <laughs> trying to take over the world or something. I don't know. Um, where do I see Girl Code Fitness going? I honestly, like, I, in my wildest dreams, Girl Code Fitness is going to be a worldwide brand where women can identify and I can coach and I can go speak about health and wellness and how important it is, especially in the Latino community. You don't see a lot of health and wellness. You don't see a lot of uh, people out there making a difference in their community. And with my background, I feel like things don't happen to me. They happen through me. I mean, I was a I was a Latina immigrant. I crossed the border with my father at a very young age. And through that story, you know, I've been able to connect with so many other women that are also like, hey, you know what? I went through adversity and I want to survive this. And um, I also want to get healthy. So how do you do it? And so I see myself as a very well-known speaker that speaks about health and wellness and that cares about other women. And if other women want to train under me and they want to learn how to help other women and monetize on it, because people can say fitness is my passion. But when you don't know how to monetize on that, it's all it's ever going to be. Your passion, your hobby, but you need to be able to monetize. So the way I see Girl Code is well-known brand um, with other people wanting to help others generally.
3: I love that. Oh, that's so important. I, I can see you have such a bigger picture than just the facility here. I think you're, yeah. and you will accomplish it, right? You, you just know when you have that special personality, that, that, like that thing, you have That it. thing? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, you just kind of, you walked in with it. I could see it. It's obvious. You got it. So you, I'm not, you. I think I'd we'll definitely accomplish that. So, and one last question, my favorite question.
4: General
3: Maria, if you could go back in time here to when you first started the facility, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you?
4: Oh my God. I talk about this on my social media so much. And uh, I think, Number one thing, your ego is not your amigo. I'm going to say that again. Your ego is not your amigo. You need to learn to ask for help because the for the first year of Girl Code Fitness, I didn't do jackrabbit with my career, with my fitness. Um, can I cough? <laughs> my yeah, little kind F of word might just yeah. pop up. I didn't do shit for the first year. It was, uh, I started in April, I got my certification and then I didn't do shit with it because I didn't know where to start and I didn't know where to start because I didn't have the resources and it, uh, when you're not successful in something, it's because you're lacking knowledge. Failure is lack of knowledge and I was failing because I did not know where to start not, I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know how to sell. So when I learned to ask for help and I was like, okay, I need help in my business. I need you to help me. I need, I need to close some people. Then that's when I was able to put down my ego and and go for that um, help and reach that hand and receive it. So I, that's what I always like tell my, my people on social media, like, Hey, if you need help with your fitness and you need to take it off the ground, you need to reach out to me. I can help you. I can, you know, send you some research. I can send you some people. I can show you to a mentor ask for help. Um, I feel like help sometimes is seen as like a sign of weakness, but it's really not. It's just you getting out of your head and realizing that the world does not revolve around you. There's people that want to help you.
3: Maria, that was a mic drop of an answer. Way to close it out. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode, but before we sign out, I mean, please shout out your Facebook, Instagram, anything you have, where can people find out more about you and your gym?
4: Oh awesome. Uh, so my name is Maria Rodriguez and you can find my fitness page it's uh fit gcfitnesssa.com um wait no that's my instagram. Yeah, my instagram is gcgcfnsatx. Um and my personal instagram it's the real maria Rods with a z in the end. Uh my website is girlcodefitnesssa.com. And you can find us here in San Antonio, Texas by the Dominion area.
3: There we go. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, Maria, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I would appreciate it. I'm just going to sign everybody else out over here. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
5: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Misty and Derek from ISI Elite Training in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. What's up, guys? How are we doing today? Hey, we're good. How about you? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right, so let's jump right in and get right into the details here. How did we get started? What is it that made you guys want to own your own facility? What's the what's the backstory there?
6: So we were teachers and coaches for 20 years, um, high school. Um, He coached basketball and I coached softball for a lot of those years. Um, So we've been around sports. We've been athletes. um, We played college sports. And so um, once teaching became not as much fun as it used to be. And um, well, especially when COVID came around and teaching was not um, what we had signed up for Mm -hmm. those 20 years ago. Uh, We decided that we wanted to um, explore other avenues of how to spend our time. We love helping people. Uh, We love the fitness industry. And so we were both certified personal trainers. So we decided that we were going to explore that avenue to see if we could help people who actually wanted to be helped. Got it. Okay. I love that.
5: So now What does your business model look like in your facility? How do you structure things? Are we doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? Kind of walk us through the layout there.
7: So we're a franchise and we do uh, group sessions. So it's uh, athletic-based training. Um, We have uh, for for eight sessions a day, except on Saturdays we have uh, two sessions. Uh, They're 50-minute sessions. Um, There's uh, body part splits, so Monday, Thursday are lower uh, body strength days, Tuesday, Friday are upper body strength days, Wednesday, Saturdays are core cardio type conditioning stuff. So um, 50 minutes uh, in the session, so quick four or five minute warm up. Um, Certified coach uh, explains the the workout, explains all the movements, uh, and then get some going into their own individual groups for a while. Um, it could be um, intervals on uh, core cardio days, uh, strength days or you know, five, six minute AMRAPs, and then they'll rotate through all of the movements and of that. So um, then you got a little cool down and about 20 minutes until the next session, so.
5: Got it, okay. All right, awesome. So all group classes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. All right, and as far as membership base goes or client base goes, how many people are you serving currently at your facility overall?
6: Um it fluctuates as you know in the gym business. You know, it feels like you're gaining some momentum and you get some members and then all of a sudden it seems like you have a lot that are moving or, you know, having medical issues you need to cancel or or go on hold. But we're somewhere around the 280 mark consistently. Um, we are definitely not where we want to be, but that's at least sustainable for us right now, keeping us going.
5: Got it. Okay. And I mean, ideally, where would you like that? membership to
6: be? Um, Well, our our short-term goal is 300. Our long-term goal is 400. Got it. We can can accommodate about 400 members. Yeah.
5: Okay. How much uh, space are you working with? How large is the facility?
7: Uh, The whole facility is about 5,000 square feet. The floor space uh, is 3,500.
5: Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So definitely um, a, a pretty good amount of space within there to work with, to be able to add some Add some yeah, it's
7: a little bit uh, bigger than most like boutique fitness um, uh, models, and uh, we have barbells, heavy heavy plates, heavy dumbbells, racks, uh, that that sort of thing. So,
5: got it. Okay. Do you have turf as well? Yeah. Yeah.
7: Turf, turf sleds, ropes, bikes, boxes, kettlebells, dumbbells, mm-hmm. dumbbells skiers. ergs. Um, awesome. Yeah. Very cool.
5: Okay. So now, as far as growing the membership goes, getting more people in the doors. What are you doing to get the word out there and let people know that you're there
6: and what you do? Um, We have a strong um, showing on social media. Mm -hmm. We have um, a lot of money in our digital marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, We really try to get out into the community and do events and such, but it's hard for us because we're in a tourist area because we're in North Myrtle beach. Mm -hmm. So um, if we go out to an event, typically there's more tourists there than there are local people. So um, we're really trying to branch out into other ways to get our name out there. We've sponsored some things. Um, We put our, our logos on um, high school football tickets and t-shirts that the cheerleaders threw into the stands. Um, We have, Um, partnered with the local Humane Society and another one of the uh, animal rescues in North Myrtle Beach so that we can help with a drive, supply drive and food drive for them, Um, just so people know that we are part of the community and that we're out here doing what we can for everyone not just inside our facility but outside but we really struggle with looking for ways to do grassroots marketing just because of the you know the tourist area yeah. that we're in we need to you know come up with a, a strategy to to connect with um, the big employers in our area so like the you know healthcare and the, the school school system. systems mm-hmm. okay
5: and within the digital marketing piece what are you are you doing like facebook advertising instagram google what is what does that piece look like
6: yeah all of those we okay. spend the majority of our uh budget goes towards facebook because mm-hmm. we found in our market that that's that's where the majority of the people will will see us um mm-hmm. but we do quite a bit on instagram as well we really try um to go above and beyond too with posting just without using our marketing person you know just our staff members posting our pictures of our members on Facebook and on Instagram and um all of the social media channels just so that people see that it's a consistent thing with us like we're doing this every day there's people in here every day
7: yeah we have a staff member that uh takes a picture uh, tries to at least take a picture of every member in every single session
4: Mm
1: -hmm.
7: um and we uh, you know post those in our group in our Facebook group page. We post them on our stories as well. And so they in turn, reshare that on their stories, post that on their social media. Um, so we do get um, some members, some kind of grassroots marketing that way. We get members that are, friends or not even friends just acquaintances they know them online kind of thing and so they see that and they eventually ask like what what's that about you know what are you Mm -hmm. doing kind of thing so
5: yeah I always like to say uh having multiple poles in the water as far as advertising goes is so important because sometimes one thing slows down, right? There are so many gym owners that rely on word of mouth only and referrals only. And of course, those are great. We love when those people come in because they already know what they're coming in for. They already know usually what they're signing up for essentially, and they're ready to sign up, but those things just aren't reliable or consistent, right? And if we're really looking to grow and reach the next level, we need something reliable, consistent, and trackable also. Um, mm-hmm. So always always good to have multiple avenues as far as getting new people in the door goes now with all of those forms of advertising how many new faces are you seeing typically on a monthly basis would you say.
6: We went through a real slump here for, um, I don't know, three or four months where we weren't seeing hardly any, Um, I'm talking like maybe 12 a month, but we switched marketing companies. We've, you know, restructured some things that we're doing. And so now, I mean, we, we've really picked up and got some momentum going. We have probably um, seen 20 to 30 members in the last couple months new mm-hmm. new faces coming in smart, yeah. um, and we have a really good close rate so um, it, it's really picked up here in the last couple months
5: good good that's awesome and what are you putting out there when you are advertising as your front end offer what's drawing people in the doors
6: yeah so all of the time we offer a free trial so they can come in and try the workout for free. Um, that really works well for us if we if we get them in the door, they usually like it. And so it's it's easy to, to get them to sign up. Um, so just getting people out of their own way, because sometimes the word elite in our name sort of you know keeps people from thinking they can come in and do it. So that free trial, we get them in there. We actually offer because um, headquarters offers their their standard promo is seven days free. Um, Sometimes we feel that's a little long. So um, we give them a first day promotion. So if they sign up on their first visit on the seven day free trial, then they get a little discount on that first month. That works really well for us. Um, again, if we get them in the door, they usually really like it. And so we can get them, get them to sign up and commit. Um, we also do many challenges throughout the year. We're getting ready. We're gearing up for a, a 45 day challenge within, you know, our membership so that we can, um, just give them some extra accountability, a little fun, you know, something different. And then, um, we, we use that to market for, uh, people who aren't sure they want to commit long-term, they can at least come in and do it for 45 days. Yes
5: yeah absolutely I love challenges like that with uh, that are shorter term right because I always say people are not afraid to spend money they're afraid of commitment
4: mm-hmm. right
5: It's like they'll spend more money for a shorter time just because they're afraid of committing for 12 months right off the bat So if you can okay. get them in get them results results are what make people stick around so if they're coming in for 45 days and you know they're paying, more now that's my next question is you know is it a higher ticket offer because people who pay pay attention right so if they're paying more on the front end chances are they're going to show up they're going to stick to the plan they're going to get the results that they're looking for and then in turn those are going to be your long-term members because they got what they're looking for they got the results um So is that something that you do or you've ever done? Have you ever done a, a high ticket front end offer? Is that how your 45 day challenge works? Kind of walk us through that.
6: Um, no, it is not. <laughs>
7: well, we're bound, we're bound by uh, the, the franchisor. So we're, you know, mm. we're a franchise. So uh, the way they run it is um, they're basically their six week uh, challenge is, the our intro month promo, so mm-hmm. it's the same cost. So they're getting an extra two weeks for the same. If somebody came in any other time and then you know signed up the first day, so it, they're getting a little more for less. And so that's that's the thing. We we also um, you know just we ran a thing uh, or corporate did where uh, for about what was that three months mm-hmm. that anybody they could come in, sign up for four weeks. Pay half price, and no commitment, and so that kind of is the opposite of what you're yeah. talking about. You didn't mm-hmm. See, that was when
6: we had the slump. Of yeah, we didn't have so it's like,
7: like you said, they don't, they don't, uh, you know, they're paying half price, so it's like they don't see the value in what we do, mm-hmm. you know, and so they, you know, they don't stick around much. I think our close rate was now was like thirty percent, and we're usually at like seventy five. So right but we didn't convert those because I believe it was just given, you know, it's like somebody's getting something for nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah.
5: Well, that's exactly it. Right. It's like, they come in, it's half price and then you're trying to basically upsell them into a regular membership.
2: That's more expensive.
5: And that in, in their mind does not make sense. Right. And it's like, whereas if they come in, on a higher ticket offer for a shorter period of time. Obviously, you've got to provide the value, right? So a lot of times it looks like fitness, nutrition, accountability. But it's a shorter period of time for a higher ticket. Like I said, they come in. People who pay, pay attention. If you're investing a good chunk of money into something, chances are it's going to be on your mind. You're going to make sure that you stick to it. You get it done. Then you get the results. Then when you go to sell them into a longer-term membership, it's sometimes a quarter of what they paid to come in initially and that doesn't look so bad right it makes it really easy to convert them into those longer term memberships and it's so interesting to hear i mean i talked to so many gym owners so many franchisees all day every day and a lot of them have it backwards right and it's like of course yeah we want to get people in the doors but we want to make sure that those are the right people coming in the doors, right? Um, we want to make sure.
7: Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
5: Right. Because if these people come in, we can have a million leads, right? But if they don't stick, it right. doesn't matter, right? It doesn't add to our bottom line. It doesn't help us build our reoccurring revenue. It really doesn't yeah. matter. Um, and you know, when you're charging high ticket, you can work with less people. You can, um, charge, you can charge more, you can provide higher value, work with less people, make more money, provide them with even more attention, right? Mm -hmm. Because it gets into a point where if we're charging a low barrier offer, then we have to get 200 people in the doors. Whereas if we charge a little bit more, we can work with 30 people and give them a better level of service, right? So it's always like, People have so many limiting beliefs around money and a lot of times decide for people what they're willing to spend. And it's hard coming from the perspective of being a coach or a trainer or gym owner a lot of the time because you are not your customer, right? It's like you don't need Help with fitness. You don't need help with nutrition. You know how to do all of these things. So you don't perceive the value the same as somebody who has no idea what to do in the gym, has never worked out, doesn't know how to um, fuel their body. Like it's just a completely different perspective, right? And like you said before, when somebody comes in on that lower barrier offer,
6: that's how they perceive the value, right? As being low
7: yeah cheap
6: yeah because you know they don't know before they come in what we're all about anyways and so we say oh best deal of the year half off and then they go oh i'm paying 75 dollars for something i don't even know what it is and then you go okay well when this is over we'd really like for you to stick around for twice as much for long term right they think oh, well, I can just wait until you run another half off mm-hmm. and come back. Mm-hmm. And so we struggle with that, with being a franchise instead of... Yeah, and we have,
7: uh, like, uh, I don't know how many, but multiple members, we call them members, but they just run promos. You know, they don't they don't stick around. They just wait for the next promo, and then yes. they're back in, and, you know, they're, they're like our members, but, you know, they take breaks.
5: Right. Yeah, I... <laughs> Like the gym hoppers is what yeah. I used to say, you know, and it's like, I would, um, I stopped using Groupon for that reason. And then I also stopped using ClassPass for that reason, because it was the yeah. same thing. You know, it's like people will buy a class pass. I don't know if you're, are you familiar with ClassPass? I'm
7: not. Yeah. You are. Uh, yeah.
5: yeah. So basically it just allows people to hop around Use to different gyms and, yeah. and never commit really so that's exactly what we would get was just people kind of waiting for the next promo same thing with Groupon right it's Mm -hmm. like they buy a Groupon it'd be for like 10 classes they take that and then they'd go somewhere else and do the same thing so that happens very often and now with the franchise do you guys have any type of um, say or control over the offers that you run within the facility or is that all kind of locked in
6: it's it's mostly locked in um they just now created a franchise advisory committee so they're at least listening to um the franchises about you know how they how they think that it works operationally um you know that's a double-edged sword though because you know it depends on who's on the franchise committee (laughs) right you know those people that are just going to go along i don't know but um I think that they, they ask us our opinions, but then, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna do what is better for the brand that they think Mm -hmm. is better for the brand anyways. And so sometimes, you know, you feel like you wish you had a little more control, but then at Mm -hmm. the same time, like we understand it needs to be consistent across. Yeah.
7: And so like we have franchises that are close And I know in the Charlotte, North Carolina area where the headquarters are, they have franchises that are, are close to one another in location and distance. So you don't want to be, you know, competing on that. I think that they want, like, we have different tiered membership things and that's kind of the standard across the board because they don't want to, you know, franchise down the road to undercut one other franchise that's close. You know what I'm saying? So they will attract the members because it's a little bit cheaper down there. And so, <clears throat> they, they just kind of, you know, membership-wise, cost-wise, it's like, okay, this is what it is, so.
5: Got it. And is corporate ISI Elite Training, or is it under an umbrella of a larger franchise corporation?
6: It's ISI, ISI. Elite training. Got it, okay. Yeah, so, the, the founder actually um, started here in the Grand Strand. Um, there are four, there were four locations that were his, Myrtle Beach, um, a little south of Myrtle Beach and Garden City, one inland in Linden, Conway, South Carolina, and then the North Myrtle Beach location. So those all four were his original four facilities. And then he decided he wanted to start franchising. He moved to the Charlotte area. Um, and so we purchased the North Myrtle Beach location from him specifically. Okay. The other three in our area are still owned by him and his corporation. Um, and then there are a couple others in the North Carolina area that are corporate owned. And so um, he is actually still the CEO of the company. So this is his baby that he mm-hmm. started 2013? Um, 2013,
7: 2013 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the ones in the Grand Strand in our area look like us. Mm-hmm. 3,500 square feet floor space, 5,000 square feet. big racks, barbells, all that stuff when he moved to charlotte and decided to start franchising i'm assuming it's just easier to sell a franchise as far as money goes with space rent equipment all that stuff It went more boutique fitness mm-hmm. so they're more 15, 1800 square foot floor space no racks no barbells stuff like that so it's more you know more like f45 i don't know if you know what that yeah. is yeah something mm-hmm. like that 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 look so they all kind of look similar to that so we look totally different, so got it. Larger, all that stuff. So we, we we're a little bit different, but um, you know fall under the same procedures and guidelines and stuff. So
5: got it. Okay, so it's um in in North Carolina and South Carolina only currently, right?
7: Uh, no, but, there's yeah.
5: several in Florida. Um, okay. there's Georgia, Arizona, California,
7: California, Tennessee. Ah,
5: okay. Got it, because I'm not familiar. I, I you're the first ISI Elite training that I have spoken with, and um, I wasn't even aware that it was a franchise. Yeah, which is crazy because you know there are so many gyms that I talk to, um, but I'm I'm up north. So if you don't have any locations up here, but again, I'm talking to people all day, every day from all over, yes, all yes. over the place. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. And the reason I ask if it's part of like a larger corporation, because sometimes we have, um, you know, franchisees that fall under a corporation that has multiple franchises, right? right? right so, right. Uh, marketing tends to work a little bit differently for those and, um, yeah. So that's, that's why I ask about that. But yeah, that's interesting.
6: Yeah. So, it's fairly new. I mean, it's a baby.
5: Yeah. I think if you go on there
7: on the website, on the corporate website, just ISI you can find mm-hmm. all the locations that are open and stuff. The the most are around the Charlotte area and the outskirts, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, Tennessee, Florida, Georgia. Um, I think they just awarded someone in Texas a uh, couple, four in California, maybe around Sacramento. So. Wow.
5: Okay. All right. So it's growing. So that's Mm -hmm. good. Cool. All right. Now, where are you directing most of your attention in the business right now? What are your goals? What are you working toward?
6: It would be really nice if we could find some good quality certified coaches. That would be awesome. Um, That's always the
1: tough part. <laughs>
6: yeah. for, and now for some reason, it's really, really hard to find people that, you know, are, are in it and want to work and um, for whatever reason, I know the economy and, you know, COVID and everything is, it's so different now, but um, Derek is acting as the head performance coach right now. He's literally here all the time because we just, you know, for circumstances, None other than people had you know other commitments, other jobs, things like that. Um, he's here a lot, and so. Um,
7: and I'm old.
6: <laughs> and it's just not sustainable. Like our first session is at five a.m., and so yeah. he's here at four a.m. every morning, and then our last session is at six thirty at night. So you know it's just not sustainable. And as business owners, you don't want to live at your business. No. You know as much as you love it, and you love your people. Um, it'd be nice we have a good solid operational staff so we're really we're really strong there we have an excellent facility manager she you know pretty much keeps us straight she she runs the business but um, as far as the coaching goes it would be nice if we could find some good quality coaches but also we're very picky because we don't want to just leave it to anybody right so
7: yeah, and so we're we're yeah we are picky in, in the sense for 2021 we had a really good core. It was like a family type thing. So like we had uh, one, two, three, four, like five coaches, and mm-hmm. then me he as the head performance coach. So that was good. We were tight knit group, and then just people leave for other you know different jobs, um, you know, uh,
6: various you know, yeah
7: various reasons, and uh, so. Now we're, we're cut, we're dwindled down. And then, you know, it was for a while, it was just me and another guy <clears throat> coaching and we didn't want to burn him out either because he does mm-hmm. other stuff, you know, cause you know, it, it's a part-time gig anyway, as far as a performance coach, you are just coming in and coaching sessions, planning workouts and stuff. So, um, but our, our, our front desk staff was tight. We only had two and they worked all the shifts and that was great. Um, And now, which is fine, I think both of them want to be coaches. So they're on the path to get certified because they're in there taking pictures all the time. They're around it all the time. They learn all the stuff. They talk to members. And so they like that inside the floor space as well. So um, they're on that path, hopefully. So there's some light, you know, at the end of the tunnel, I guess, not the end of the tunnel, the opening of the tunnel. (laughs) Hopefully, not the end. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So there is that they're working towards some things. So we, we have so on the horizon. There's some, some, some quality coaches that are hopefully going to be certified soon. Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah, absolutely. It makes it really hard to work on the business and get it to that next level. When you're working in the business all day, every day Um, takes all your time, attention, and energy. So definitely makes it challenging. How many coaches are you do currently have?
6: um it's derek and me now i'm having to come off of the operational side and also coach and our one other coach that also has a whole business of his own oh wow okay yeah eight sessions a day all week yeah yeah
5: (laughs) yeah so it's very it's very tight so you guys are very busy yeah yeah all day all day every day
7: you got to plan the workouts and you know that Mm -hmm. uh, that takes a little time um you know it's always you know when the alarm clock goes off at 3 15 um you know just about four days a week getting in here early and so Mm -hmm. it's 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 draining sometimes so yeah and mentally like you have to be there not just in the session and explain some things and write a workout like you got to build that relationships with those, with those members and mm-hmm. be, you know, be there for them all the time, mentally, if they have questions, they want to talk like, you know, so many stick around in the lobby afterwards and talk about, you know, what's going on with them and, you know, any issues they may have or questions about nutrition or questions about injuries or whatever. So it's, you're constantly, you know, from four thirty AM until you know it's really like nine thirty and some of our eight thirty sessioners stick around to like ten sometimes and hang out. Yeah. And so you will not ever want to be like, yeah, uh, so you guys gotta leave. I gotta <laughs> okay. I gotta I gotta chill out for a little bit. But yeah. it's constant. It. So you know then you know you just look for a spot where you can take a Jocko Willink 10 minute cat, cat nap.
6: And yeah. uh you know,
7: regroup re-energize so
6: Yeah. well and another thing part of our model of our workouts is it's high energy Mm -hmm. and so the coach has to bring that high energy for every single session and so um that's just draining in itself but especially if you're the one coaching a lot of the sessions that's hard
7: yeah and it's it's good in the session because once the music starts and people are working and you're coaching and whatever that's the fun part you know what I mean so Mm
5: -hmm.
7: but it is yeah physically and mentally like exhausting sometimes afterwards.
5: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely relate to that. I mean, there were, uh, there was a long period of time where I was working usually 90, hundred hours a week, like barely ever home, you know, it's like, and I was an hour and a half away from my gym. So I was traveling like three hours a day. It was, it was insane. Right. And it was like, I would get home at midnight sleep for like two hours, three hours max, and then get up and go do it all again. And that was the thing, you know, it was like, I never had enough staff to be able to help me out at all. You know, it was like three was the magic number. I would get four and then one would leave and it would be back to three. You know, it was like, for some reason, but yeah, it's, it's tough and it's not something that's sustainable, you know, and the mental aspect of it as well. You know, when you're dealing with people. It's hard sometimes when you're not sleeping. You're exhausted. You're trying to put on a smile and a happy face, and it's it's hard. It's hard
6: to deal with the people a lot of the time. Um, it is. I mean, just dealing with people, anyways, in yes. general, you know. <laughs> Our, our members are amazing they're all wonderful people but you know they all have their own personalities they all have their own needs or wants and so you know keeping up with that plus the high energy plus the long hours plus the you know and
7: we're 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 teachers and coaches mm-hmm. uh, by trade and you know for 20 years so we always want to leave them after a session with something motivational or, you know, talk about discipline over motivation or, something you know, positive. something positive green light thoughts all the time, you know, like something to get them going. Cause they don't hear that all the time. They don't maybe follow Instagram, uh, you know, pages that that talk about that stuff or, you know, get that from their workplace or from their, you know, their managers or their leaders at their workplace. They don't get that, like right. uh, that motivational, you know stuff so we try to give that to them as well and so that's tough you know coming right. up with stuff all the time to, to talk about and to say to them and to get them to go out you know leaving the facility like yeah that was freaking awesome
5: right you know? exactly yeah it's like you're motivating yourself while you're motivating them <laughs>
7: <laughs> exactly yep <laughs> all yeah. right
5: so now uh one thing I always loved it I'm sorry did you want to add something else Did I cut you off there? No. Okay. Um, I always like to ask about the biggest lesson that you've learned or the most valuable thing that you've learned in ownership within this industry. Uh, Because there are so many people who are looking to, you know, potentially open their own gym, kind of do their own thing. And it's always good to hear from somebody who's been there and done it. What one of the most valuable things you've learned along the way is?
6: Well, for me, I feel like with the business side of it, because I am more involved on that side of it, Mm -hmm. it's you really have to have either a strong background in marketing or you need a strong team for marketing. Yes. Because that can really make or break you. Um, at first, when we first bought the franchise, um, corporate was doing the marketing like that was part of it they were they were handling all the marketing for all the facilities Mm -hmm. and then um, as they've grown they realized that that's just not they can't do it for everyone so then they said now it's on you well I have zero marketing background like I I have direct sales experience before owning a gym which you know is sort of similar but not really the same because you can post some stuff on social media and you're going to get a whole bunch of people interested in it well when you're running a facility and you need a certain number of members to you know, make any money, then you really need a strong team in marketing and, and you can't feel like you're spinning your wheels all the time and you're, you're just throwing money out of the window. Right. And so finding the right people to do, to do that and the right market to be in. And those things I think has been the biggest lesson for me in terms of running the business. Right.
5: Yeah, absolutely. That tends to be the biggest bottleneck for most gym owners, because you don't really have any experience. Most gym owners don't have any experience in any type of marketing. You know, a lot of gym owners come up from a personal training background, usually in a a bigger box facility, most of the time. And those facilities tend to feed you leads. So you got to do the selling and the training, but it's like, when you get into owning your own business, it's like, okay, now how do I acquire these people, right? And that tends to be what the biggest bottleneck is. And then a lot of times it's like, okay, well, let's stick to guerrilla marketing and like the grassroots stuff, right? Which is great, but it takes time. And then they're spending time in these areas trying to acquire new clients and not in the business on the things that are going to provide them with a a higher return on investment as far as time goes. And a lot of times gym owners don't look at time and money as the same thing, right? It's like, they'd rather spend time than money. However, yeah. time's the only thing you can't get back, right? It's like, we can make more money, but we can't get time back. So it yeah. tends to be really challenging to kind of navigate that, especially in the beginning and, and figure it out. So that's huge, big, big bottleneck for a lot of gym owners. Derek, yeah. as far as you go, what, what's been the biggest type of lesson that you've learned?
7: Uh, I tend to take things personally. And, uh, um, so when, you know, we really try to build relationships with our members as well as try to get new ones as they come in. And so you're trying to plug the drain, right. Or, you know, close the back door so they don't leave. And so people are going to cancel, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and so I've learned to stay positive and, you know, uh, you know, like kind of like water off a duck's back don't take it personally but i used to early on every you know anytime we'd have someone cancel it was like you know i, I took it personal so i gotta i gotta I, I look forward to okay <clears throat> they're not sticking around for whatever reason it is okay now we got to shift our focus to the ones we still have and the ones that are coming in and staying positive with them so right that's, that's because i'm in the i'm in the facility all the time around all mm-hmm. the members and everything so
6: He always would say that if somebody canceled, it must've been something he did. (laughs) must've been his fault. Yeah. Yeah, Right. (laughs) That's one of the hardest
5: things just in business in general is keeping the emotion out of it. Right. The decision-making it's, it's hard. A, A lot of times, you know, not taking things personally, like when members cancel, or if you have to make a change within the business, like raising prices, for example, you know, like, especially right now, there, there are a lot of gyms that have had to raise prices. And it's like that, going back and forth in your mind between like, okay, do I make this business decision or do I make all of my clients happy? Like, I don't want to piss anybody off, you know, and it's so hard to take the emotion out of it and just look at it for, for what it is, you know? So definitely a challenge that a lot of
6: gym owners face for sure. Yep, Especially when you're in the business of the relationships Mm -hmm. and, you know, you want to, leave people with positive, you know, thoughts in their mind when they leave and they want to, you know, you want them to feel good and, and motivate them and support them. And then to take the emotion out once somebody leaves, it's, it's really, it's fun. always,
7: a uh, what could I have done more, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, in that situation.
5: Right. Which is a good thing, you know, because you always want to be improving and, um, and remaining humble. Right. But there definitely has to be some type of a a balance there. So I agree. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media?
6: Oh, goodness. We are on every platform. Um, we are ISI elite training dash north myrtle beach on facebook where isi north myrtle beach on instagram we have a tiktok you know we're everywhere google wherever you want to look yeah. for us we're, we're out there our pictures are out there our, you know pictures of our members our staff um you can find us just about anywhere the yeah. trick for us is we are a franchise location and all the names are the same so you just have to mm-hmm. make sure that you're looking at north myrtle beach to find us specifically
7: got the best pictures on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs>
6: awesome. <laughs> we'll have to check it out.
5: <laughs> we'll be the judge of that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
6: Let us know what you think.
5: Yeah. <laughs>
7: yeah.
5: All right, awesome. So Misty and Derek from ISI Elite Training in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, thank you both so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks, Thanks for, having for having us, us
4: Brandon.
5: Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com.